I need more power. I want to be able to move worlds and shake them to their foundations. I want enough power in my hands to tear planets from the heavens and place them in a new sky. Stephen Strange. Aloha, bienvenidos, and welcome to New Island, a place for nerdy fun, friendships, and learning. Much like the starting zone of many video games, the goal of our residents is to lay down a fundamental understanding of a geeky concept for a newcomer before sending them on their way into the wild world of nerdery. Our subject this time around is curious about magic in the Marvel Universe. Professor Z, what's our lesson for today? Doctor Strange! I don't know why I did in that voice, but I'm going to roll with it, I think. Yeah. Um, Doctor Strange was actually... Of the original, like, we're just gonna do this season on Doctor Strange, and then we quickly went, we can go wider. And then as I was writing notes for a single episode for Doctor Strange, I went, we went too wide! <laughs> uh, on some level, this should have possibly been, like, a two-parter, uh, which is why I'm gonna enter with a few, few basic notes. One, I told you last time that there were gonna be less notes in the future. That's because I'm a liar. <laughs> and I forgot that there have been over 400 issues of Doctor Strange alone. And that's not counting all of his Avengers appearances, his 100-plus issues in The Defenders, any big event comic where they have to at least mention him so people don't go, But where was Doctor Strange the whole time? Also, if you are someone who does know Doctor Strange really well, and you're like, how did he not mention that thing? Again, Issues. Uh, right. I will. Some major villains like Nightmare don't even come up in my summary here. I apologize for that, but Nightmare kind of sucks, so I don't at the same time. We will be doing. There will be brief mentions of like Dormammu, the big bad from the Strange movie, if you've seen that, mm -hmm. and like Clea, who's his big romance, but they will be getting much deeper. We'll be going into that much deeper next week. So. Doctor Strange was first created by Stan Lee and Steve Ditko. He first appeared in Strange Tales number 110 in April of 1963. He picked up popularity because these early comics were weird as all get out, especially for like 60s comics, which were pretty Captain America and the Fantastic Four and Justice League up to that point. Like they, they didn't get surrealist until Ditko was like, you know, it'd be great. Salvador Dali backgrounds. Yeah, comic. <laughs> Doctor Strange was born, and mushroom takers everywhere decided they loved it. I don't know if I've told that story before, but I will never miss the chance to be like, psychedelics is why we have Doctor Strange. Right. <laughs> and not because they took it, but people who were reading it took it and went, wow. <laughs> so in his original setup, like if you ever look up the Marvel Wikipedia, they'll say he was born in 1930. I'm assuming that is based off him first appearing in 1963, like an original appearance. But if we take that, that difference in time between 1930 and 1963, and then add in the uh, idea of the 10-year Marvel timeline, no matter how much time passes, 10 years have passed from the beginning of like Fantastic Four issue one to wherever the modern day is. Mm. So they have now jammed 60 years of Marvel history 
into a 10-year timeline. That's dense. It is very dense. Um, but if we add that, all of that together, we can guess that he is... He would have been born in 1977 by our things, which is, funnily enough, the same year the first Star Wars movie came out. Interesting. And he would be roughly 43 years old today, give or take. So still spry. Yeah. <laughs> Just that gray. I mean, I've got gray coming in my beard at 32, so I'll believe it. He was born to Eugene and Beverly Strange. He had two siblings, Donna and Victor. Both Baron Mordo, who is one of his big villains, and Anx the Ancient One, also known as Yao. I will zigzag between the two of those as we go along. Who is his mentor, meddled with him as a child. So, like, people knew from the beginning he had the potential to be a really great sorcerer. It's not super clear what Mordo did. It just says demons. I don't think he was actually attacked by demons. I, th I got the, like, idea of, like, night terrors or something. Try, try and drive him insane. Right. And because the Ancient One always did this, he was like, Mordo, no. <laughs> I'm not going to stop, like, teaching you. But, but no, be nice to the, like, eight-year-old. Uh, when he was 19 while visiting home from college, his sister Donna drowns while swimming. Stephen blames himself, begins to close off from the world. This becomes an ongoing theme for Stephen Strange through the rest of this. Uh, always somewhat arrogant, Strange gets worse as his reputation as a genius grows. And five years into his medical career, his mother also dies, causing Strange to withdraw even further. Again, the theme continues to grow. Two years after that, his dad dies. Unable to handle another person dying in a 10-year streak of, like, this pretty close family, he refuses to see his father on his dad's deathbed. His brother, Victor, really pissed at him, confronts Strange, they argue, he storms out of the house, and immediately gets hit by a car. Strange, not able to handle this at all, puts his brother's body in cold storage in the hopes that someday he'll be able to fix him again later. Like a normal person does. Yeah, as, as you do. Yeah. <laughs> um, you I mean, you guys don't even know how full my cold storage is. <sighs> That's like, what's that quote from uh, the Discworld books? Nobby Nobs has the body of an 18-year-old, and if you pay him enough, he'll show it to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Strange has always been egotistical and very materialistic on top of this. Add together the fact that he has lost literally everyone he loves, and his fiance leaves him during this period as well. Clea? No. If early fiance. Got it. Strange is a bit of a ladies' man. Yes. I saw the pictures. <laughs> yes. That that makes that sound super weird. <laughs> yes, but is. there is a spread in the comic we read for this. <laughs> As I have it in the note here, by this point, Strange is in full mode. We, we see this a little bit in all of his origin stories. This is when the car crash happens as he is driving his... They give the car in the comic we read last week, and it was fancy, and because it's car things, I did not keep that information at all. Same. Vintage, cool, speed, fast car, go vroom vroom. Defeated uh, by a tree. Absolutely defeated by the tree. <laughs> a uh, doctor named Nicodemus West attempts to save him, who will later follow Stephen in a kind of half-hearted attempt at magic. He We read about him last week in... Uh, Strange, whatever we read last time. That that one strange. The, the order? The, 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 oath. the oath. That's it. It's only my favorite Doctor Strange story of all time. There's no reason I'd remember it. <laughs> um, his hands mangled, the egotistical Strange refuses to be a consultant. 
Like, he can't do his, you know, know, cutting people open, but he could still save a whole lot of lives, but he's just too egotistical to do it. So instead, he starts chasing every snake oil, every alternative fake treatment, and just drinking himself stupid the whole time. Quickly pisses away the fortune of being literally the greatest doctor in the world. In a last-ditch effort, he travels to Tibet to meet the Ancient One, also known as Yao, as mentioned. Uh, Yao's like, well, can't fix your hands, but we could teach you magic, which is also pretty cool. No, tries to storm out, but it's Tibet in the middle of December, so that goes about as well as you would hope. Uh, Forced to winter out with Yao and with Baron Mordo, who is the worst. No kidding. Uh, he is Carl Mordo, and he's a dick. Uh, he witnesses a bunch of skeletons attack the Ancient One. Ancient One's just like, whatever, dude. Three skeletons, I'm like a mm-hmm. level 20 wizard at this point, bring it on. Strange finds out that Mordo is the person that summoned the skeletons to attack, but Mordo catches Strange and puts a spell on him, making it so Strange can't tell anyone that Mordo's behind these attacks. Uh, There's kind of cool imagery of literally, like, there's a spell that makes it look like a steel plate going over his mouth, but only, like, Strange can see. It's weird, but it's good imagery. Hmm. Uh, Realizing that his only chance against Mordo, and also, hey, maybe I I should stop him from assassinating that that scamp. (laughs) Uh, He goes to the Ancient One and actually asks legitimately to be trained. Impressed that he would take this risk, especially because... The Ancient One actually knew what was going on the whole time. The Ancient One breaks Mordo's spell for him and reveals that, again, oh, that Mordo. I know he's evil and trying to kill me, but I'm going to keep training him in the hopes of changing him, I guess. I love that kid, but he tries to kill me every Friday night. Oh, that scamp. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Whippersnappers these days. Surprising no one, this goes terribly. And I'm pretty sure Baron Mordo kidnaps the Ancient One in like 12 different early Doctor Strange stories. The Ancient One was either getting kidnapped all the time, or he was popping up and saving Strange when Strange got himself kidnapped. Wasn't the Ancient One the Sorcerer Supreme many times before? He's the Sorcerer Supreme at this point. So he's just letting this happen? It is. Let's be honest, man. Stan Lee was not the world's strongest writer. (laughs) That's fair. I love Stan Lee. He's a great creator. Uh, I miss him dearly for a person who did not know I existed. But yeah, he was a soap opera writer in the 60s. That's fair. But for comic books, after approximately seven years of studying with Yao, during which time Baron Mordo dips, uh, Strange moves back to America, moving into 177A Bleecker Street, which was actually the address of some of the Marvel bullpen at the time. Like the people who were writing Doctor Strange lived at 177 Bleecker Street, and they're like, that'd be funny. And I think that you would not dare do today because someone would figure that out. Then suddenly there'd be weirdos at your house. But it was the 60s and it was in the village in New York. So it was already weirdos at your house. They were just you. Mm -hmm. Um, You were the weirdos at your house. (laughs) You were all the weirdos at your house. (laughs) (laughs) He starts working as a mystical consultant Um, at the beginning of. Now you can consult. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, now you're good enough for it. Uh, This is towards the beginning of what in the Marvel Universe is called the Age of Marvels. 
as I mentioned, the the ten year mark of Marvel history is with Fantastic Four number one because that's what launched Marvel as a company. Like their old stories from World War II, they did really well, but this is the beginning of like everything within the first few years of that of Fantastic Four one. I mean, Spider-Man comes out, Doctor Strange comes out, the Hulk, Iron Man, the Avengers, literally everything that is making like a billion dollars for Marvel. So this is a very important moment. Um, initially, though, Doctor Strange avoids other superheroes because he's busy cleaning out haunted houses and doing pretty tame stuff for on the scale of Doctor Strange these days. Uh, but Loki, God of Mischief, convinces him to attack Thor. I'm not 100% how Loki managed to do that. I'm assuming Loki disguised himself, went, oh, that Thor, and, like, Strange went for it. Because, again, Stanley was not the world's strongest writer. During this time, he also has his first encounter with Spider-Man, where Spider-Man proves himself super heroic, but whatever goes down, whatever weird hinky demon stuff goes down, it's so traumatic that Spider-Man convinces Strange to erase the memories of the scenario to all of the victims, all the people who suffered mm. it, uh, which also meant that they would all think Spider-Man was a menace again, as opposed to, holy crap, that kid just saved us. Really impressed by the altruism and selflessness of Spider-Man, from this point on, Doctor Strange will consider himself one of Spider-Man's closest allies. Like, when things go wrong, Spider-Man calls Doctor Strange or Daredevil. He knows two people. That's all I like, need. <laughs> um, for very different things. Around this time, he meets Eternity, who is literally the embodiment of the entire cosmos mm. to a single form. Eternity will gift him the Eye of Akimoto. These days, it's kind of treated as the like badge of the Sorcerer Supreme, but in those early ones, it was just, hello, I am the cosmos. You have to fight Dormammu. Um... Take this. <laughs> Somewhere around this time, he is also gifted the Cloak of Levitation by, yeah, by the Ancient One. He first goes to the Dark Dimension, challenges Dormammu, who is a big, faulty, flaming-headed guy. Clea, who can is really the great love of Doctor Strange's life, tries to convince him, hey, maybe don't fight Dormammu, the, like, ruler of our dimension. That could go badly for people. Strange tries it anyways. He gets utterly wrecked in the scenario. Just, just terribly for him. But it takes up just enough of Dormammu's power that it weakens the shields that are keeping out a uh, horde of, I guess, demons? Mystical power things called the Nameless Ones. Mindless Ones. The Mindless Ones. They have a name. Yes. Mindless. They, <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, they are basically, imagine like a golem. But with Cyclops' laser eyes. Oh, that's what, uh, they, they were created in one of the last comics you read to attack the magic world. They do pop up in that, you're right. The mindless ones are just a, a self-replicating endless swarm. Think the Tyranids from 40K, think the Borg or the Cybermen from Doctor Who. Like, and any kind of big mindless horde that you just have to take out a bunch of them and there's no way you can possibly win. Or glass the world. Strange gives some of his power back to Dormammu to put back up the barriers to the uh, mindless ones. Dormammu now unfortunately owes Strange a boon, even though this was 100% Strange's fault, if we're being honest about this. 
And Dormammu promises to never attack the Earth, I believe. Uh, he doesn't listen to that at all. Not once, but there it is. While facing an enemy named Asmodeus, uh, Strange is banished from this dimension and Asmodeus steals his face. Strange develops a super heroic look. You see it in some of the uh, alternate covers if they have those on the online. It is basically the Strange look, but with like an all blue face that kind of masks. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, it looks kind of like Hooded Justice. Yes, that's a pretty good one. A pretty obscure good one. But, uh, <laughs> apparently making a version of himself with a mask is enough to let him, like, get back into the dimension and stop Asmodeus, because the idea was, oh, I can't go in there because there's someone who's basically in my body. But if I put on a mask, it'll be fine. <laughs> Magic. The variations of the mask look will be used up to just recently. Honestly, I think it's a pretty good look. Although I get why they never really went with it. It's not... It's a good look. It's not Doctor Strange to me. Right. He he has too much ego to cover his face. Let's be honest. Here. <laughs> uh, around the same time, Eternity, who gave him the eye, agrees to ha- hide Stephen's identity, changing all records of him to Stephen Sanders. So, Stephen Sanders' private identity, Doctor Strange, public... Superhero identity. I think they were just trying to tie him closer to traditional superheroics. Mm. It doesn't work. It doesn't last a super long time. Uh, to stop a group of enemy called the Undying Ones, Strange manipulates Hulk and Namor to aid him, forming the first incarnation of the Defenders. Disturbed by the super manipulative stuff he has to do to get a jerk like Namor and the Hulk to help him out... Uh, Can you imagine for a second if that was the Defenders lineup that they tried to create on Netflix? I desperately want it to be. (laughs) They were originally going to be called the Terrific Trio as well, and they went, no. Oh, no. No, we're not doing that. I mean, they had the Fantastic Four. That's a terrible name for those three, too. (laughs) Right? Like, (laughs) the three biggest at this point in Marvel history. Terrific. You know what we need? <laughs> They're terrific. <laughs> he decides to become a uh, medical consultant. Like, fine, I'm over it. I'll just be a medical consultant. I'm obviously not to be trusted with magic. This lasts approximately 14 seconds. Instead, he forms the Defenders full-time with uh, Silver Surfer joining that team, making the original mm-hmm. four Defenders Hulk, Doctor Strange, Namor, and the Silver Surfer, making the most powerful basic super team possibly in existence. Tyler's eyes just went real wide here. Yeah, that's a hell of a team. <laughs> that is like, <laughs> pick four to defend you. The original defenders, they're going to fight the whole time, but like that that's who I want. That's, that's fine. set. <laughs> um, and Silver Surfer's a pretty good balance because he is the only one that is not a dick. He's, He's like, actually like a nice hippie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it, it works pretty well. The Defenders will be referred to as a non-team because they have a really uneven membership. Like, someone might be there for an issue, and then they're like, oh, he had his own stuff to do. He decided not to come on this adventure. Like, See, it is- I'm partially <laughs> imagining this with, like, modern-day Devil Hulk in there. Oh, man. Uh, there was a Defenders miniseries that used Devil Hulk a little bit recently. Hmm. Uh, but, I mean, this team at some points gets as big as, like, 14 members, but they'll use seven at a time. I'm assuming this is post-Silver Surfer's servitude. 
to uh this is post servitude to galactus yes. galactus has uh said you know you don't work for him anymore he is trapped on earth because when silver surfer originally betrays galactus in he doesn't kill him but he's like nope you can't sail the cosmos and surfer was pissed about that mm-hmm. he just wants to go explore the cosmos and fly his hippie surfboard and instead he's trapped on earth and dr doom keeps trying to take all his powers so he was kind of a dick in this early defender stage, but like on the scale of Namor, nah, he was an angel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the battle where he does return to magic, Yao erases the spell that hid Strange's identity. What? I was just also thinking about the fact that that's a team of like three guys who are who normally don't wear like hardly any clothes. <laughs> no, there is very little pants in the defenders. <laughs> they usually run at about a 25% pants rate. Yeah. So, if um, that. The strange has pants of the four of them. Well, he has a cloak too, but like, so what does that have to do with pants? <laughs> Strange looks at the other, like the other three of them. He's like, "I'm going to overcompensate. Let's put Somebody some more clothes on just to be out. safe here." One of us has to look professional. Namor's wearing a speedo, <laughs> and his little wings on this. Uh, Namor's so dumb, but I love him. <laughs> and Silver Surfer is the Silver Surfer. Mm-hmm. He's a Kendall. Um, <laughs> anyways. The Ancient One, for reasons that aren't really explained, is like, I'm getting rid of that whole Steven Sanders thing. Just, you're strange. Whatever. And I think the theory is that just Ancient One's like, Steven, what the hell? That's really dumb. Just be a sorcerer, man. Shortly after this, I say shortly, it could be as much as like 50 issues later, a creature called Shuma Gorath attempts to use the Ancient One's mind as a doorway to Earth. Did, Shuma- did, did you say Shubnagurath? No, I said Shumagorath <laughs> for very obvious copyright reasons was definitely not whatever it was that you just said. <laughs> and it's completely unrelated that it has like one eye and a bunch of tentacles and stuff. Don't ask questions. But I mean, do, because that's the point of this podcast. Strange enters Yao's mind, attempting to stop, sh- attempting to stop Shumagorath. He fails, and the Ancient One is forced to make Strange kill him to stop Shumagorath from coming in. Uh, but in killing his physical body, because he had been an amazing sorcerer for like six centuries at this point, he just kind of Yodas out of there and becomes one with eternity. We see little bits of that in the comic we'll talk about mm-hmm. today. At this point, he mostly shows up every once in a while to be a he, he's not very helpful in most of his future appearances. Well, he is Yoda, and Yoda's kind of a d- sometimes. <laughs> Yoda <so>. is, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, being gifted with the powers of the Sorcerer Supreme, Strange attempts to revive his brother Victor. He thinks he fails, but he actually turns him into a vampire on it, without knowing. Like you do. He continues to go into kind of his coma vampire stage. Victor uh, the vampire? Yes. Does he put ice in his coffin to re-simulate... The whole time he was sleeping. They don't say, but I'm going to go with yes. (laughs) He is protected by a book that uh, Strange will use a lot from this point, the Book of the Vishanti. The Vishanti being the people that power the Sorcerer Supreme, making it one of the most powerful magic tomes in all of existence. After a prophecy from, I believe, the Defender's villain Yandroth, the Techno Sorcerer, who I just like saying that name, it's just fun that is later shown to be false, says that the original four defenders working together will bring great tragedy, the Avengers disband. 
Strange helps the Vampire Hunters borderline investigative services for a while. Uh, Strange caches, casts the Montesai formula, destroying all vampires. Victor, still seemingly dead, is protected by the Book of the Vashanti, which mm. I mentioned before, protective spells. So he becomes the only remaining vampire for a while. But also everyone thinks he's dead. Like, dead, dead. He doesn't wake up for a bit. What about half vampires? How is Blade feeling during all of this? Blade survives this, but he doesn't get heavy use for a while after this. Blade is part of that borderline investigative services, mm. which is later changed to the super 90s name, the Night Stalkers. Yes. <laughs> we will talk about them on a later issue. Yes, we, we have will. multiple vampire episodes coming up. <laughs> Uh, in the Dark Dimension, Strange helps Clea overcome Umar, the sister of Dormammu, and ruler of the Dark Dimension, Clea becomes ruler of the Dark Dimension. In battle with the alien sorcerer Urthona, Strange is forced to seemingly destroy most of his magical library and arsenal. It's later revealed that Agamotto, the one of the Vachanti and the first Sorcerer Supreme, saved the gear from the moment of destruction. Kind of like, picked it out of the timeline or whatever. I should also say the strange helping Clea overthrow Umar, that is the issues, or that's the comics we're going to read for next week. During this mission of stopping Urthona, Strange meets the young alien sorcerer Rintra. Rintra will serve as his apprentice for the next decade's worth of stories. Rintra is one of my favorite parts of the Doctor Strange canon. He looks like a giant green furry goat horseman. Interesting. Hmm. Uh, but he's a really, like, soft-spoken, reserved, he's kind of the, like, comical element of the, the polar opposite of appearance versus personality, but having weird green goat horseman hanging out and learning magic from Doctor Strange gave it a level of difference that helped pull it away from the other superhero comics that Strange was kind of, like, drifting a little too close to mm. during this era. Uh, lacking his usual arsenal, Strange is forced to delve into the dark arts to defend Earth. He even becomes the apprentice of a man named Kalu, a former friend, rival, enemy, all of the above, of the Ancient One. Uh, during this time, he is accidentally merged with Shumagorath, becoming a god, demigod, old one, human... It, it's not quite clear in his own right. It takes the combined power of Rintra and Kalu to save, separate, purify, kind of turn Doctor Strange away from this weird long, blonde-haired, one-eyed dude. Back to Doctor Strange. That is actually probably my all-time favorite Doctor Strange run. It's super weird. And the only reason we didn't go with it is it takes place literally two storylines after the one we're reading next week, and I'm trying to get us a wider wider, wider net of Doctor Strange eras to, to read through. Shortly after the end of this, Strange marries Clea. They will live happily for a while, though their relationship eventually falls apart. Partly because Clea, now ruler of the Dark Dimension in her own right, isn't the kind of submissive character she was to Strange before. Mm. And Strange is kind of a mm -hmm. So they, I mean, they remain important to each other, but at that stage in time, mm -hmm. it's kind of sexism. But it might be more sexism of the era than sexism of Strange as a character. Could be both. Victor is finally revived in an attempt to reverse the Montesai formula by yet another nameless sorcerer. So unimportant that I did not write her name down on this one, so I desperately hope she's as unimportant as I think she is. <laughs> For reasons that I don't understand, 
she dresses him up like Baron Blood, who is a Nazi vampire that Captain America fights multiple times. What? Baron Blood is a actually pretty great villain in the, like, Nazis are bad. I'm not actually saying he's a good person, but he just looks cool. But why he's dressed up as Baron Blood, I don't know. The attempt to reverse the Montesai formula fails, but it is it does start to weaken and vampires will slowly emerge over the next few years as they continue to want to use their Tomb of Dracula property. Mm-hmm. Victor stays alive. He descend, decides to become a vampiric superhero, but he keeps the Baron Blood costume, which again is a brave choice. To be like, I'm going to be a good guy version of the evil Nazi vampire that tried to kill Captain America. I will strike fear and my enemies and my allies. I will only feed on villains. Then he later finds out, oh my god, they're turning into vampires. Like, <laughs> what did you think was going to happen? <laughs> this cannot be a surprise, Victor. You're bad at this. Really bad. Victor will come up more on our vampire episode as well. Strange is instrumental in the Infinity Gauntlet crisis, helping assemble the heroes to confront Thanos and later aiding Adam Warlock in learning to cope with his newfound omnipotence as Adam Warlock is the one who ends up with the gauntlet at the end and is basically God. And as Adam Warlock is legitimately insane, like that's one of the major story points of it, it was only moderately better than Thanos having it. Really, it was the difference was Warlock is not murder-happy, Thanos is, so... I guess that's better. We'll save that for our cosmic season. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> it's a great one. I love it. Uh, pulling together various vampire hunters, ghost riders, and other magic-based heroes, including Morbius the Living Vampire, Strange <laughs> forms the Midnight Suns in yeah. a super, super 90 run and call. Bunch of, like, dark, edgy vampire magic run of comics. Some of them are absolutely terrible. Some of them are great. We will, again, cover this later on. I love this podcast we're doing. I'm just getting it out there. I love this podcast we're doing. (laughs) I was about to say, Midnight Suns are my bad baby. (laughs) Yes, they are everything that you would have loved in 1995 when they were coming out. That sounds like a lot of fun. still (laughs) love The Vishanti call Doctor Strange to join them in a war called the War of the Seven Spheres where they fight the, like, triplicate god or something like that. Again, I did not write it down because I'm already at four and a half pages of notes here. Uh, Strange doesn't want to abandon his earthly duties to go fight in a god war for thousands of years, so he is forced to renounce his title and loses most of his powers. Mm. He might not lose the title of Sorcerer Supreme here. Uh, It sounds like he did at the time, but... It's not 100% clear in the sources I could find, and I have never read the specific comic before. Around this time, using the first tarot deck, I mean, literally supposed to be the first tarot deck, Strange creates the Secret Defenders, a new incarnation of the Defenders that is even less of a team than they were before. Mm. He would literally pull the tarot, and because the first tarot deck is very literal, it would show exactly the superhero he needed for whatever mission he needed. So it'd be like, Thunderstrike the Thor knockoff. That was not his actual, like, thing. But it, it's... I kind of hope it is. Like, on the bottom in parentheses, the Thor knockoff. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Spider-Man and Darkhawk, I think, is one of your teams. They've got to go do a thing. Next issue, it's Deadpool and Luke Cage and the Falcon. I don't know. Like, it's... Uh, it was kind of a fun comic. It didn't last very long because it turns out it's hard to make... Uh, an ongoing storyline when you're recreating your cast every five issues. Mm. 
He eventually gets bored of this, as Doctor Strange is wont to do, and he hands off the first tarot deck to Doctor Druid, which predictably goes terribly, because it's Doctor Druid. Cover that in a later issue, too, or episode two. Is that the gentleman who ends up dead in a dumpster? Yes. That's probably what I wrong <laughs> In a mission with the Midnight Suns, Strange is forced to choose between saving Wong's fiance Aimee, or sating the bloodlust of Morbius the Living Vampire and stopping him from going on a killing spree. They gave Wong a fiance? Yes. Aimee. Which is why he doesn't hook up with Sarah Wolf who was Strange's business manager, and one of the best things that Strange Comics ever did. She didn't come up in this because we've covered a lot of stuff already here, but she was the, like, one normal person that lived in Bleecker Street whose entire job was like, you're, you guys realize your life is insane, right? <laughs> and I loved her, because she also would stand up to Strange. I May was Wong's fiance. Strange makes the choice to stop Morbius, and I May dies. He doesn't really have a great choice. He chooses to save the most lives possible. Mm. But Wong, having served him loyally for years at this point, and being part of a family that has now served the Sorcerer Supreme for ten generations, was like, hey, maybe you owed me on this one dude. He storms away and will actually operate as an enemy of Doctor Strange for a while in a very strange storyline. Hey, uh, in a very <laughs> weird storyline. <laughs> That really sums up the 90s of, oh no, he's evil. It was a it was a classic movie for superheroes in the 90s. Strange is defeated by an alien named Salome of the Blood. The Blood being an alien species name instead of just, I am Salome of the Blood. Both are bad calls. Neither is a good name choice, but... It was loose. Yeah. Uh, Strange loses his title, which I had thought he had already lost in the earlier thing. That's why he might have just lost his power in the earlier bit. Or both. Or both. He might have lost it twice. He loses it a lot. It, <sighs> he also loses his power a lot. Yes. To the point that the, the they make fun of it now. It's like... That's very meta. It's like people dying in the X-Men. Whatever, man. It's not gonna stick. Especially not now, but that's also something different. <laughs> Strange hides out in a pocket dimension, and he creates two doppelgangers of himself out of mystic energy. The businessman Vincent Stevens who was using capitalism, I guess, to create techno-sorcery. Okay. And a doppelganger that kind of looked like his masked form, who was just called Strange, who flew around stealing magic items. Gathering power so he could defeat Salome. <laughs> okay. Both of these people, both of these doppelgangers, almost immediately turn on him. Weird. Because they're like, you know what I like? Not being nameless, formless mystic energy. Self-autonomy. We should hang out. He ends up having to take out the capitalist and making a deal with the other doppelganger to be like, I'll merge you with this dude from the dark dimension. It'll be fine. No. He's never seen again, although Strange is later delivered, Doctor Strange is later delivered Strange's cape, implying that him dead now. Mm. But really, if you're going to take out two of them, take out the capitalist. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, huh. Uh, Strange is forced to learn elemental magic, which is something he hadn't really bothered with before this, preferring things like magic spells or using magic items. Wong aids Salome for a while in this, hoping that Salome will revive Aimee. Strange proves that's not going to happen and that Wong is being manipulated. Wong ends up siding with Strange, takes out Salome, and they repartner as, in theory, equal partners. They continue to pretty much operate the exact same relationship from this point. On. That's always how it works. But it is true that from this point, Wong is a lot more willing to be like, Strange, Steven, 
Steven. Have you looked in the mirror, Steven? Steven, are we being a <laughs> Yes, the answer is always yes. <laughs> it is. Once again, called to join the War of Seven Spheres uh, with the Vashanti, Strange agrees this time because he doesn't want to lose even more of his power. For him, 5,000 years pass. Magic, he doesn't age at the same rate. Yeah, yeah. For everyone else... Wibbly-wobbly like, time you want. Exactly. For everyone else, like three months pass. Which I kind of feel is bad story writing, because if the Vishanti had been like, Stephen, you'll be gone for three months, you'll be fine. The first time, none of the rest of this crap would have happened. <laughs> like, <laughs> none of it would have happened. But that's where we are. Uh, after his return, Strange's memories of the war are repressed, which is another thing of just the whole thing of like, I've been gone for 5,000 years. How was it? I don't remember. Was we wrote ourselves into a corner and don't want to deal with it anymore. Uh, but still exhausted from the war, he is forced to rely on unpredictable chaos magic, which is everything it sounds like. You're not drawing from any kind of order or a patriarchy or anything. Not patriarchy. Whatever it was. Doesn't he fight chaos? Yes, but now he's using chaos to fight chaos. Strange likes to flirt with the black arts. Let's be real he honest He calls himself here. a practitioner. I mean, he summons demons whom he seems to be friendly with, one of which is his lawyer, apparently. Yeah, Strange is a weird dude. Yeah. Also, uh, if there is a lesson that you need to learn here, so let's just get this out of the way because it's about how magic works, especially in comic books. The lines are really freaking blurry. There are no lines. There are, but they're really blurry. <laughs> they're like the dotted the, the dotted lines, like when you can shift lanes in the highway. Got it. Partly because those demons are going to be the only people who really understand the, the path that you're walking. Mm. Uh, in DC, it's to the point that there is just a bar where all the magic users go hang out. And they're like, we agree not to attack each other here. Sure, I'll destroy the world outside of it. But like in Dresden? Similar, yeah. McNally's mm -hmm. Pub is almost mm -hmm. almost certainly based off of the bar with no name. Or uh, not the bar with no name, the a bar. Cursed by Yandroth the Techno Sorcerer, again, the original four defenders are mystically bound to appear with each other in moments of great danger. So Strange is going about his day, gets attacked by Shumagorath or whatever. Whatever Namor, Hulk, and the Silver Surfer are up to does not matter. They are sat now suddenly right there. Time to fight Shumagorath. <laughs> Same thing applies with all of them. Um, oh, th that sounds like the most annoying thing. <laughs> this is on one of my, like, I've always wanted to read these all-time list of comic books, and now that I have Marvel Unlimited, I'm going to do it. I just haven't gotten to it yet, but I'm wondering, like, did they just make Namor hang out outside of the water at all times when this happens? Or just, like, Silver Surfer would be fine, but whoops, we drowned Stephen Strange. I... I hope we'll be okay now. <laughs> uh, manipulated by Yandroth and that uh, prophecy from earlier that something terrible will happen when the four OG defenders are forced to hang out all the time, they form a new group called the Order and attempt to conquer the world in order to save it. That sounds like it always works. It goes about as well as one would hope. Mm -hmm. The other defenders, including Valkyrie, Hellcat, gargoyle i'm increasingly realizing we just need to do an episode on the defenders because holy shit they do so much magic stuff i'll get together and stop him traumatized by his actions strange largely withdraws from super heroics he takes his longtime ally topaz as his apprentice but she quickly decides that being his apprentice is no bueno because he's really manipulative and kind of a jerk mm -hmm. 
If you haven't gotten this across yet, guys, Stephen Strange is a jerk. Strange hunger fasts through the entire superhero civil war because he thinks both sides have a point. Doesn't do any good. They just really needed to explain why Stephen Strange couldn't just pop up and be like, hey, you're done, Iron Man. Stop it. It's too much. Afterwards, he immediately realizes that, hey, maybe I was in the wrong there. It should have done something and joins the new Avengers. Uh, serving with them off and on for a long time, for the next, like, five to ten years of comic books. Basically operating, the new Avengers were basically the Defenders, but they realized the Defenders' name didn't sell nearly as well, is what it is. During this time, Hulk attacks the Earth in retaliation of the actions of a group called the Illuminati in a thing that I forgot to mention earlier. I apparently missed this in my earlier notes. Somewhere around the era of the Kree Civil War, so in the the Creep scroll War, not Civil War. So back in like the 60s or 70s. Uh, Iron Man, the Black Bolt of the Inhumans, Tony Stark, Professor Xavier, and Doctor Strange all get together and are like, we should really like share information and be kind of a superhero government. It's a really good idea in theory, because this is all the major leaders of the Marvel Universe at the time. Pretty much. Black Panther declines to join. Where it goes wrong is they decide not to tell anyone they're doing this and take preactive, uh, proactive actions against other people. It doesn't go their way a single time. Weird. <laughs> the scrolls invade the world because of this. Hulk invades the world because of this, because they decide, we're going to send Hulk to a planet where he can be alone, but it goes wrong, and they send Hulk to a planet where he's enslaved as a gladiator. Is it's it, basically Thor Ragnarok. Okay, got it. Yeah. <laughs> Except Hulk didn't do it on purpose. Haven't seen that whole movie, but yeah. Oh, you will. Oh, I will, yes. Hulk attacks Earth in retaliation of being kidnapped and launched into a gladiator planet. As anyone As would. one does. Yeah. And Strange makes a deal with the demon Zom to stop him. Not only does it fail, but he loses, again, most of his powers Shocker. and the title of the Sorcerer Supreme. Uh, Brother Voodoo will end up taking it on the mantle for a while, proving himself pretty good at it, honestly. Good for him. Strange loses his powers to a ridiculous amount to the fact that he can barely cast a normal spell. Forced into hiding during this time, he continues to fight demons on whatever scale he can, and he takes on a new apprentice, a young woman named Casey. She is later stolen by a demon because uh, Strange accidentally taught her a teleportation spell, uh, or what she thought was a vanishing spell, but turned out to just, like, take all this junk she was vanishing, and she used this hella unfairly. Like, just anything she wanted. Like, oh, that's annoying. Vanish. That's annoying. Vanish. Uh, and for a spoiled rich girl, that's not a good spell to have. No. It was actually just dropping all this junk in a demon's dimension. Like, hey, not cool. Stop doing that. Or else. But she ends up using the spell to save the world and gets stolen away. Strange is like, we're going to save her. But his memory of this is erased and she is not mentioned again, which behind the scenes is to explain why this storyline wasn't finished for 15 years between two Mark Wade Dr. Strange runs. Okay. He went back and he's like, you know what? We, we never talked about Casey. Oops. <laughs> Strange looks really terrible Oops. here. We should come up with why. Nobody was like, you know, Strange looks terrible a lot of the time. Yeah, but like, 
real terrible here. Like, I'm going to ditch a 16-year-old girl to be possessed by a demon. That's fine. Who cares? fiance die. I mean... Yeah, but that was like, do I save one person or do I stop the bus from going off a cliff? That is... That is a wildly different situation than, hey, girl, you got this, right? I mean, he <laughs> saved Wong over the world with uh, the oath. So he goes both ways. It's just whatever is... Okay, so fine. You have a point. I'm just saying it was... Really, it was Mark Wade being like, I wanted to finish that. <laughs> when Agamotto is cast out of Vashanti because he's about as manipulative and untrustworthy as Doctor Strange is, but, you know, without the, like, moral code to back it up... He attempts to reclaim the eye of Agamotto. I'm still not 100% sure if that's his actual eye or if he just made it and was like, this sounds cool. I hope it's his eye. He attempts to trick Doctor Strange and uh, the now Doctor Voodoo into giving it up. The new Avengers and Voodoo defeat Agamotto, but uh, Voodoo dies and the eye is destroyed. Superheroes die a lot. It'll come up. Yes. (laughs) In revenge for the death of Voodoo, a few other things happen in between, but in not much of importance. In revenge for the death of Voodoo, the ghost of Daniel Drum, Voodoo's brother, who was the original source of Brother Voodoo's power, because it was, we'll bring it up later, it's confusing, possesses the Avengers and attacks. Strange proves himself worthy of being the Sorcerer Supreme again by stopping all of the Avengers without hurting anybody. He is rewarded the Eye of Agamotto. How it's back after being destroyed just sentences ago, I'm not really sure. I mean, he has two eyeballs. Brian, I would not say the same thing. <laughs> Brian Bendis was kind of phoning it in by the end of his Avengers run, if we're being entirely honest there. It's the it's the 300 the, the gods saw fit to, to equip me with a spare. <laughs> <laughs> Rejoining a new Illuminati... This time consisting of Black Panther and Beast on board instead of uh, Professor X being on board. Strange attempts to stop a thing called the Incursions where different Earths from the multiverse were crashing into each other and destroying both worlds. That sucks. Him and Mr. Fantastic and Namor and all of these people end up destroying multiple worlds in the process, uh, stopping our Earth from being destroyed. They mostly try and save planets, but they have several billion people's deaths on their conscience at this point. Except for Namor, who decides they're not doing it strong enough, breaks off and teams up with, like, Thanos and a couple other major cosmic-level villains to create his own Illuminati. Just blowing up worlds willy-nilly. Just, like, not trying to save, just, like, blowing up you. Blowing up you. (laughs) Snaps, kills half of them, that's fine. Basically. In the end of the day, it doesn't work, though, and the multiverse collapses. Doctor Doom, using the power of the Beyonder in a story that is not going to make any sense because I do not have time to go into Secret Wars right here, steals godlike power, works with Doctor Strange, takes the fragments of the multiverse, puts them together into a world called Battle World. Basically, every different country is a different part of the multiverse. How many times does Strange recreate the universe? A whole lot of times, guys. Oh, got it. <laughs> I have 57 <laughs> years of stories here. <laughs> it really is cyclical, isn't it? Battle World was so much fun. For the, <laughs> this is the second time Battle World has existed, too. Yeah, like, it. let's really drive this home how cyclical comics are. Although the second time around is, is way a better. lot less. It's a lot better, and it's a lot less of a merchandise tie. It is not based off a toy line. Do not have time for this. <laughs> um, 
Strange spends the next 30 or so years operating as God Emperor Doom's right-hand man, the Sheriff Strange, but is eventually turned on by Doom, surprise, surprise, because he refuses to murder Reed Richards when Reed Richards turns out to be alive. I read the stress in that sentence a lot differently when you said he was turned on by Doom. I did too. (laughs) Thanks, guys. (laughs) It's a family podcast. Family podcast. (laughs) In a story not involving Strange, the Marvel Universe is reborn. Good for them. Yeah, I know. It's pretty great. We're almost there. On the revived Earth, Strange battles the Empirical Cult. Empiricals being spelled E-M-P-E-R- I-K-U-L. I'm saying that because it's pretty dumb, even though it's the Jason Aaron Doctor Strange run, and Jason Aaron's one of Marvel's best writers. That hurts this. It's a bad... It's just... The name is bad. Uh, The Empirical Cult is attempting to destroy magic. Strange says no. It works out, but uh, Strange and Wong end up not working together at the end of this. Again. Again. (laughs) Again. During this time, he officially divorces Clea, even though they have, at now, been separated for, like, 20 years of real time. Don't know comic time, but Strange has dated a lot of women during this time. (laughs) And I think someone went, oh, crap, he's technically still married. Oh, we need to fix this, like, yesterday. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Continues to annoy me, because as we will cover next week, I really love Clea. She's awesome. I think she's a great character. Strange spends a while working as a vet, for reasons I don't entirely know, after Loki steals the title of Sorcerer Supreme. Is that where the dog randomly shows up? Yes. Cool. We're about to cover that. Cool. A whole bunch of stuff happens during this run, but literally the only part I'm going to mention is Bats. Bats is a dog that Strange befriends while working as a vet, who he gifts with the ability to speak. Loki messes up and accidentally kills the heck out of Bats. Like but did. at the end of the story, no, not like you do. Don't kill dogs. <laughs> it's Loki. What That's is going get... on with you, Mac? That's <laughs> how you get John Wick. Do you want John Literally. Wick? <laughs> how do you, like, how, that sentence accidentally kill the heck out of him? Like, how is that an accident? You don't know. I haven't actually read this one. It's kind of hard to track down. <laughs> at least when you live in Missoula. <laughs> at the end of this, where it's proven that Loki, like, faked stealing the Sorcerer Supreme title. He cheated to do it because he's, you know, Loki. Mm-hmm. Gives it back and he's like, I really am sorry about the dog. I'm the god of mischief and evil, but like, whoa, dude. That's too whoa. evil. <laughs> Have a ghost dog. And he brings Bats back as a ghost who just sort of hangs out to be the person talking to Strange, being like, this is kind of messed up. And honestly, is one of the best Strange inventions of the ever. Strange having a talking ghost dog is a wonderful sentence on its own right, and really just very good. In an event called Secret Empire, again, not overly involving Strange, Las Vegas is destroyed by Hydra. Strange attempts to bring it back, like, wholesale. Not just I'm going to bring a person back, but I'm going to bring back everyone, and I'm going to, you know, bring back Vegas. But all of those souls had already been uh, claimed by Mephisto. So instead, he just brings part of Hell to Earth. Whoops. Yeah, same thing. He goes in... City of Sin. We will actually probably cover this story in the Mephisto story, because it's pretty good. He goes in and tries to make a bargain for all of these lives playing blackjack. He cheats. Mm -hmm. He is caught cheating. Mm -hmm. He is caught and kidnapped and tortured, and all of the Avengers' souls are stolen, and they run around going as kind of ghost-ridery Avengers. 
so, you know, a Ghost Rider in the Iron Man armor or, or a Ghost Rider Hercules. It's real bad for everyone. Wong is forced to form a new Midnight Suns involving all the, like, low-level kind of terrible magic superheroes that no one trusts. Mm. And saves the day. Ghost Rider ends up becoming the king of hell at this. We will again cover this later. For some reason, I love the idea of the Midnight Wongs. The Midnight Wongs? It's great. <laughs> Wong openly is like, I don't really like you that much, Steven. But uh, yes, I will confront the devil because you do it for me. Some right. Fine. Right? <laughs> like, it, is, it really does drive home Strange's redeeming factor. He's not a very likable guy. But he will literally fist fight the devil for you. For anyone. And that's actually where my notes end, because it brings us to the comic we are going to discuss in the next section. And also because Wikipedia ended there too. Woo! Um, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we will be talking about the 2018 Mark Wade Doctor Strange run. So I was finishing the last three comics and the series we were reading through in bed this morning because um, I like doing things last minute apparently and I had such I read it last night yeah yeah I had such an amazing time reading through these in bed like he Doctor Strange as a character is just so much fun to read about that like it was just the most comfortable thing I've done in a long time I mean first off you have discovered literally one of the great joys of my life which is I'm going to lie in bed and read comic books which drives my poor wife nuts because I just have piles. I have piles by my bed. And she's like, I, we have so many bookshelves, please. <laughs> like, oh. This is what they're made for. Like, I'm reading them. All of them? Yes. That's why I went, that's why I went futuristic with my bed reading setup. Well, Mr. Fancy. I know. I should. I've got it. I, you, you bought us the Marvel Unlimited for this podcast. I have it on my phone. I have not opened it once. <laughs> I have like 10 comic books sitting in my truck, but I have not opened the 26,000 comic library that is literally in my hands as we speak. <laughs> but. It's okay. Uh, While we were talking, I opened up another <laughs> comic on it. Okay. Which one did you open up? I want to know. Huh? Oh, um, uh, the first part five of six, which was Rise of the Midnight Suns of Night Stalkers. Oh, hell yeah. I'm so looking forward to that. Unfortunately, that's the uh, only issue of Night Stalkers they have on the app. That's a bummer. But still. Anyways, we are reading Mark Wade's 2018 Doctor Strange series. This series was very, pretty critically acclaimed. I have no idea how it does sales-wise, but it did at least decently. Uh, Mark Wade is possibly, in my opinion, the most reliable comic writer in comic books today. He's been writing since the 80s. He is always, like, he's almost never, like, the big superstar the company's putting out. But he's a consummate professional. He's been an editor. He's been a writer. He knows it inside and out. And he's always there, which is rare. Usually comic writers get really big for about 10 years and then kind of vanish. Wade just doesn't stop playing the game. No idea how this book did in sales. But I just was excited to read this one. This run has what is probably my all-time favorite single issue of Doctor Strange, but it is probably not one of the ones that you guys would guess. Hmm. So I'm curious, which one would you think it was? Uh, is it where he does brain surgery on the kid? It is not, though that one's pretty sweet. It's pretty cool. Is it him sacrificing everybody to Galactus? 
No, but I literally texted you about how cool the Galactus storyline is in this run. Because <laughs> like, that was probably my, that was probably my cool. favorite bit. <laughs> my all-time favorite, favorite single Doctor Strange issue is the one where you find out why a demon has been trying to, like, buy up his house for... It's in the middle of this run mm. for since the beginning. Oh, the Eldritch Company. Yes. Uh, it was partly a conversation about gentrification and, hey, maybe don't do that. Mm. But one, I am a sucker for the single-issue stories taking place in between big storylines. Mm. I think they're super important to comic books because they give the reader breathing space... Which lets you kind of reset the stakes a little bit, mm. and you can instead tell very different or very personal stories of your character. It also keeps it from being like, Jesus, how is Strange not just, like, had an aneurysm and died of stress at this point? Because he's a sorcerer. Well, yes, but I mean, <laughs> pick a character. All of Spider-Man in particular, like, that dude should have died. But it lets you see... The multiple sides of Strange. His ego pops out here a little bit, but it's mostly about how much Strange cares about everyone around him and how Strange tries to show people that he cares about them. He doesn't always do a great job. He often does a terrible job of it. But I appreciate that aspect of Strange's character because it's too easy to do. This character is a good guy and he wants to save people, but he's a dick. Strange means well, he just gets in his own way, is way more interesting to me than Namor is a jerk who wants to save the world at the same time. Also, I like talking about gentrification, and I don't like it, but, like, it's a good thing to do. And I enjoy Strange just teleporting the demon to the moon, being like, I just like these people, guys. Like, (laughs) calm down. There is no secret passage to hell. There's no arcane power. I like the neighborhood. They sell good plums down the street. Like, like. <laughs> his, his final line, gentrify that. And then the guy just freezes to death in space. But also maybe don't promise a demon the moon. Like, it's very subtly, and like, that demon freezes to death. But he goes like, uh, however many miles of space, all yours, gentrify that. He's really lucky that was a little no-name demon. Like, mm-hmm. say that to Mephisto, and he'd be like, okay. Thanks, mine yeah. now. This, we are in... <laughs> That's a good point. Um, That's a good point. Or how he plums a demon through a portal. Yeah, that, that, that was another standalone issue that I really enjoyed of just this poor family not knowing their house is a source <laughs> of demon spawn and like strange pops up and starts destroying everything. They're like, what is happening? I did really like right that. Right now. <laughs> I did chair. enjoy that quite a bit. And he's like, do you have an ice, like an ice maker or something? They're like, who even knows anymore? <laughs> Given that the focus of the show is on magic in the Marvel universe, mm-hmm. what are the standout moments of magic for you? Uh, when he travels to the other worlds and, Friends slash, are they a thing? Because it like it, implied possible romantic. Yes, um, I forget her name though. Kana. 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 There we go. Uh, a alien from I don't think we've ever seen her species before in comics. Not that I can think of. Although we have seen the Magistrain, the kind of mm. rainbowy people they're fighting. Mm-hmm. God, I think the Magistrain look cool. But Kana comes from a culture that is primarily magic based in the way that we are technology. Yes. 
which is also another huge theme in this run. Um, but like just watching him relearn different magics from different species was fascinating. Just to see like there's like core tenets to what he does, no matter what world he's from. And then he just has a forge now that he can make amazing things with. That's that is pretty awesome. That's pretty cool. Um, I have seen. Doctor Strange in space in stories before. Mm. But this is the first time I can think of that really like the storyline is straight up Strange is going to space, it gonna be cool. And it was in fact pretty cool. What happened to the species that's now stuck on their planet for eternity? Like, how does that gonna work for like everything? And does that destroy their ecosystem? Because it looks like it's gonna stop everything from going and leaving, right? It is either never gonna be mentioned again or it'll come up in a later story where it probably went terribly probably because that's a more exciting story. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to kind of Captain Kirk con Noonien sing this of like, go live on this planet. Check in. Why would I check in? <laughs> what are you talking about? That's for the USS Cerritos. <laughs> yeah, right? That's <laughs> 75 years later. Um, also, that leads that story arc with uh, Kana... Also, the dog is used for like just a pushing the plot forward, so she can remember that Stranger's a dickhead and erase yeah. her memories. It's a kind of common use for bats. He can be narration, or he can be. Uh, it's a pretty harmless way to have a, a kind of cutesy character, so that you have a sounding board to talk off of. Yes, uh, but that brings me to one of my questions of the auditor. It's not like a cosmic force that he's auditing. It's just. From how he explained it and how I read it, at least, if someone, if you use power from somebody, which is what Strange does a lot, they can just say, I want the power back now, and he just goes and does it. So he's not like a a governmental force. He's just like, okay, they want their power back, and then he just goes and gets it for him, right? This is, as far as I know, the only time the auditors have ever shown up, and I really love this idea. It's kind of what put it over the edge of we're going to read this comic book this mm-hmm. week. I wanted like three times more of the auditors in the storyline. I did the, how too. little they are used or ended explained. up being a little frustrating. Mm-hmm. Like, what's that demon he summons? It's such a good idea. It is such a good idea. The idea is magic has a cost. Like we always know that magic has a cost, and that is a major theme of this story arc or story run in particular. They don't always land the story best, but they say magic has a cost about every other issue. Which Strange... That's what I was going to say. They uh, say it a lot. And then Strange says it doesn't a lot. And he kind of gets proven right, even though every time you read that, you're like, strange, strange. Look at the price. Uh, which I kind of feel like was Mark Wade being like, I really don't want to do that, but I'll give it to someone else. I, I like the idea that they kind of look like just like 50s office workers or like the auditor himself does mm-hmm. while and the whole thing is just kind of set up like a call center magic is so heavily based on belief and so just like belief and association and imagery mm. so it makes sense to me that they would just kind of like tap into that mm. even if that's not really what they look like like that's what they look like for humans possibly and this version of Wong looked very different from the version of Wong from the Oath Mostly artist stuff. I assume so. But interesting. And then another question I had was when the Ancient One was ripped back into reality and then had open brain surgery in an alleyway that didn't kill him, even though he's centuries old and his brain should have swelled and he should have died afterwards. 
Is this going to be one of those questions where I say the answer is totes, not plot holes? <laughs> yeah. Uh, or the answer is magic. Magic. <laughs> um, I liked the imagery of like him being so desperate that he became the student for like maybe two frames and then wasn't equal again because Strange was like, you don't bow to me. This is one of those things, I think, where it should have been longer, but the combined fact that comic runs aren't as long as they used to be. Mm -hmm. Like, you used to get 50 issues to tell a story. Whatever, no big deal. Uh, well, you know, these days, this is a almost two-year run. He's like, well, I've got these stories that i got to fit in here. And also, just to keep that storyline going, I think, would have been a little harder... It should have been longer than it was, but there, it would have been easy to have that be too long and lose, like, track of the plot that you're setting up. Mm -hmm. How he's okay, though, I don't know. Does he become a uh, Yoda spirit again? Because uh, he leaves with the librarian lady uh, to make a library, which is never mentioned again in the series. She comes up more in the following run, I believe. But yeah, that was just kind of a, like, okay, we don't have a use for this character for a while. Mm. Let's give her something cool to do, and whenever she wants to be used again, we can draw from that. Cool. Uh, it's a it's a pretty common comic move where, like, I am done with this character, or, like, I didn't really want this character, but they were in the run before this, so I have to, like, at least admit she exists in respect to the previous creator. Mm. And the two options are write them out for a while or kill them. And I much prefer writing them out than yet another dead body. That, well... There's a lot of dead bodies in this run. <laughs> <laughs> but she's not important enough to likely come back, so... Yes. It starts with a Z. I don't remember it. She has a beanie. She appears in the Jason Aaron run, and she's appeared sporadically ever since... Uh, in the most recent Doctor Strange run, Strange Academy, which I believe is still ongoing, Strange has finally opened up a magic school, and she's straight up op operating as his librarian at Magic Academy. That's fair. Strange words. Yeah. Hot strange. I also enjoy the deal with the devil he made. Where what? I don't. It makes me so mad. It takes away Clea's, Clea's memories of, of Strange. Got it. Because like what he was assuming after he. Destroyed the universe and then recreated it? Through brain surgery and became a god for like a few seconds in his time. But a millennia in our time you get used to saying sentences like that the more you read comic books i promise <laughs> i also love that he created the universe but he had to create it exact to the point where he might as well have not been the one to create it he yeah just that's not even the first it. time this has happened in dr strange yeah. <laughs> it might be the first time he's done it right but, but am i so there were only three beings alive when he was starting that mm-hmm they say two, but like, is that, so that's him, those two gods, and then Satan is alive too, that whole time, right? Him, Mephisto, Eternity, who is the one I was talking about that is the sum of all of, of all the cosmos. Of so at that point, he's pretty much just Doctor Strange. And then the Grand Arbiter. The uh, Great Tribunal. There we go. Mm -hmm. Who is a big cosmic level character who might come up in our... I can't tell if this is magic or science episode. Mm. If we do a cosmic season, he will get like an entire story. He is basically the judge of all existence. Like there is. So existence lives with the judge of all existence. They just chill together. This falls into uh, the really stupid sentence that you just have to kind of roll with of 
this is beyond human understanding, and they are assembling a form that our brains can understand. That's fair. It's they they remind me uh, from the distinguished competition of like the endless. Yes, that would be very similar. In the Marvel, real quick, the kind of like level is like humans or human like aliens, creep, scroll, shire, denizens of the dark dimension. And then there are kind of demigod, godlike entities, people like Thor would fall under this. Uh, Dormammu and Mephisto are probably on this level or the next level up, which is kind of uh, elemental beings of the cosmos, which is people like Galactus. Mm. After that, you have uh, physical manifestations of concepts, mm. chaos, order, things like that. Probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, above that, you have Eternity, which is the sum total of the galaxy. The Grand Tribunal, the, not Grand Tribunal, Great Tribunal. Living Tribunal. Living Tribunal. I knew that wasn't right. I forgot he was in this. Um, Very shortly. The the Living Tribunal, who is sort of the judge of the multiverse, even. Mm-hmm. Like, Eternity is our universe. In a crossover with DC, we meet DC Universe's Eternity. Mm. The great, or the living tribunal is the one that deals with them and consequences of the entire universe scale. And there is a power above, which I believe is just called the one above all, who is basically God. Mm. Never explicitly point. like the Christian God. Just God. But God. Anytime you see them, it is either, he's only been seen twice that I can think of. They, definitely not gendering that one. Either as just like a bright light or one-time comic book creator Jack Kirby. Good for Jack Kirby. Jack Kirby created most of the Marvel Universe because he was bored. Mm. You know what? Like a god would be. Give it to him. (laughs) (laughs) I like the god, this version of god is like so, so many multitudes of power higher than Satan himself. Like that's a weird dynamic to have. Mephisto is not Satan. Not like Lucifer, like specific. Mephisto was originally created because they didn't really want to deal with, like, maybe we shouldn't have Thor punch the literal devil in 1960s, where I'm not saying it's a bad idea, <laughs> but, like, they, they were very careful about religion, especially in the early days. Because they do call his, he, Mephisto himself, called his realm Hades a few times. There are multiple hell lords. We mm. will cover this on a later episode. And each Hell Lord controls different aspects of Hell. Mephisto tends to be, like, the top one, but he is not necessarily Satan himself. At one point, he is portrayed as a incarnation of Satan. Mm. Like, there's Satan, and then there's little bits of Satan. We're all Satan, but they're, like, an aspect. They're, like, 45% Satan. <laughs> this one's 25%. Yes. Um... <laughs> That is later never really talked about again, Mm -hmm. and he's just a hell lord. He's usually the dominant one, but he is much more on the level of Dormammu or the Silver Surfer or Thor than he would be God. Eternity. Yeah. Or the Living Tribunal. Mm -hmm. Did we see Mm -hmm. Son of Satan in that weird... Damien Hellstrom does appear very briefly in here wearing a surprising amount of clothes. Yeah, it was pretty Um, dapper. He was wearing like a suit. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Then, As it, he pops back up again, though, when they have that, uh, he's in actually like five or six panels during the fight against Galactus with his shirt very much off. Yeah, it's kind of happening. <laughs> um, Damien Hellstrom 
I feel bad keep being like, we will talk about him more later. Which I it will happen we less will. as the season goes along. Uh, Damien Hellstrom is, by this point, one of Strange's closest allies. Which is why they built that place to hide those weapons, right? Probably, yeah. Okay. Uh, Hellstrom is unpleasant, but as we've covered by this point, Strange is really good at hanging out with unpleasant people. I mean, his literal lawyer is a demon. Never met one panel joke, but it's so just chef's kiss. Yeah. <laughs> also, it's a jab at lawyers, but... <laughs> hey! It was the gentrification issue. Like, it's, it works. Um, I mean, Hellstrom... Well, it was either that devil or Daredevil, so... I would have rather it been Daredevil. It would have fit way more into his character. Yeah, but it wouldn't have landed the same way for, like, the way they were running the jokes. I mean, then they could have tied in Spider-Man, because that's how they know each other. It's a one-panel <laughs> joke, man! <laughs> um, but... <laughs> Hellstrom actually almost became the Sorcerer Supreme. Mm. He popped up to the Ancient One being like, I'm not sure what to do with myself. I'm half Satan. Help. <laughs> and the Ancient One's like, nah. Help, send nah. help. I, I only have time for one more apprentice. I'm going to do that guy. I'll talk uh, to him. Maybe if you can get Baron Mordo to stop trying to kill me every other day <laughs> and have a little bit of extra time. The, uh, the argument that he makes is he's like, I have to train the next Sorcerer Supreme. You are unlikely, like, you won't be the Sorcerer Supreme. You can't be the Sorcerer Supreme because you are not entirely human. Mm. You are literally half creature of magic. Mephisto is basically made of magic. Mm. Um, that rule, they play very fast and loose of can a creature of magic be the Sorcerer Supreme? Because as I mentioned, Loki does it for a while. But he's the god of mischief, so that's okay. Sure, buddy. <laughs> hey, it's fast and loose. That's probably what they thought. Mis no, you now understand okay. how, like, sometimes you have to... The the impossibility of our task of let's give a, like, thorough history, because it is a thorough history of over 26,000 comic books thrown together by who knows how many thousands of creators, all of them <laughs> underpaid, and all of them under the hands of overworked editors. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> um... I think, though, this is a good thing to also keep in mind for going forward as we go into some of the other characters. And this isn't a hard or fast rule, but it you notice there tends to be the more powerful a character gets with, like, magic. Mm -hmm. Especially if it gets to the point where they are one of the entities that, you know, other magic users are calling upon. Yeah, um, if you're, you know, Hogoth. Or... In theory, you could call off Strange at this point. Now, yeah. he made himself a principality, called it the Patriarchy earlier in this episode. Very different thing. Don't well, call him the Patriarchy. Also, he was a god. Um, the <laughs> It tends to be, at a certain point, once again, not a rule, but something that a lot of writers tend to follow is, at a certain point, they stop not just using magic, but are also somewhat magic themselves. Mm -hmm. There is actually a little throw-off line towards the beginning of the run when Strange is first losing his connection to the magic, where he's like, well, now I also have to deal with using a body that is all mortal and not partially magic. Yep. And then later on, that's further exemplified by... Uh, like changes happening to Galactus mm. because he exists on such a high power level that him ingesting magic 
doesn't allow him to use magic, it makes him partially magic. Mm. And that's not good for any of us, as it's explained numerous times. But... Galactus is sort of a concept more than a person. So He's like a force of nature. <clears throat> he is, literally yeah. a force of nature. If you take Galactus out of existence, bad things happen. And they said that, like, his life is what keeps existence going sometimes. Mm -hmm. And they're not super thrilled about that because he eats a whole lot of planets. But uh, that idea of at a certain point you also kind of become magic mm. goes forward with a lot of these other characters. A, a lot of the ones that border more on being like gods and stuff, you'll see them using magic. Uh, not just using magic, but being entwined with magic in a way that they don't just use magic artifacts. Sometimes it actually, like, changes who they are. You sort of become the magic artifact mm -hmm. sometimes. Um, it's uh, a lot of mantles of power and stuff. Okay. In a similar example, but probably not magic itself, in the kind of more cosmic edge, Thanos talks about the fact that he just comes back to life when he wants to now. Um, and that most of his energy he gains, he's just literally absorbing the energy of the cosmos around him as opposed to, like, eating. Mm. Because he has reached that level where he's not entirely mortal anymore. Same thing here, except specifically magic, where Thanos is just... There's a reason I use the term cosmic instead of science for some characters. Mm -hmm. But I think that was interesting to note, because it's only used as a throwaway with, with Strange, because the Sorcerer Supreme is kind of the one that borders on that mm -hmm. level like you're at the very top before you go over into this next the sorcerer supreme is either supposed to be the most knowledgeable or the most powerful or preferably both mortal on this dimension when it comes to magic you go higher you go like yao and you dip off into the psychic plane or the magic plane or whatever plane you feel like at that time yoda realm yeah you you yoda it Strange has a long way to go to get to that level for the most part, but as we're seeing, he's getting closer. At this point, he is making, you know, not the the Wand of Watum. He's using the Scalpel of Strange. Mm. Which I really like the Scalpel of Strange, That's by badass. the by. Okay, so I have to say, I really... I, I enjoyed all that I read. I uh -huh. really like him making his own stuff finally because it sort of blew my mind when they like it was pointed out to him that like, he's never done it. Yeah, and I was <laughs> like, "Oh my god, you're right. He hasn't done it. Why hasn't he done it? This is going to be awesome." I do like that Stephen is having that exact same thing in the moment that you're having. Like mm -hmm. that's a well done piece of writing. Like that was awesome. It was some of that writing that kept me in all of this, but it was this entire run that made me wish that Strange wasn't a comic book character and that he was in novels because a lot of this stuff happened way too fast. And, like, I really do not like that in three pages he can just make whatever magical implements he wants. Repeatedly. And I really don't like that you skip over... You have, like, a, like a four-issue arc devoted to the fact that there are people that can come for your power, and then you just have him mention that magic costs every other issue but you don't ever show it again for the rest of the arc it's a pretty legitimate critique this is <laughs> also part of the reason why i say mark wade is one of the most reliable writers i don't gift him as one of the most brilliant writers he's not grant morrison he's not i'm trying to think of someone that's not warren ellis because warren ellis is super problematic but uh for me this was another one he's of not those... alan moore yeah. although alan moore does plot holes up the wazoo for me this was another one of those stories that shows that like why, for me, Strange is kind of 
Superman, but for magic. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why Superman sells forever and so many comics for such a long time because it's still good, but it's... It's harder to land the, like, all-time great stories mm-hmm. with some of these characters. Strange's god powers, basically. Are... Give me Strange's Red Sun, though, and I'm good to go. I'm sure it's out there. Actually, <laughs> I can't think of one where he'd... I just read the order where he tries to take over the world. <laughs> this may be controversial, but I am not a fan of Superman as a hero or as a character. Um and I didn't think I would be a strange either because I like he follows the Superman problem very closely. But I think the fact that son, I'm going to prove you super wrong on this on a future season. <laughs> yep, I but, know what season two is now, son. Yep. <laughs> Don't know why I'm calling you son, <laughs> son. <laughs> but like watching how he's like constantly like cut down in power, and like ha- the human aspects that he has that Superman doesn't. I think that's why I enjoy Strange a lot. Also, I'm biased towards like noir wizard stories. <laughs> 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 Dresden Files. <laughs> so I would totally be down with a with like a novel of this like strange and like having time to flesh out like I'm pretty sure some exist, so they can be found. Um one thing that Stanley, as much as I said he's not a great writer, did that changed comic books forever, and you feel it in Strange, you feel it in Fantastic Four, you feel it in Spider-Man super hard, is he made his characters much more three-dimensional than comics had had to that point. Mm. Strange is an unlikable guy. But he's a super lovable guy. Like, I I want Strange to win. I want Strange to have uh, good things happen to him. I want him to be happy with Clea. But it's also, like, I'm like, damn, Strange, that is 100% your own fault when it goes as wrong as it does. I also want to say, because I don't have a long history with Strange, and because one character was developed over the course of these stories and the other wasn't, I'm uh, Team Kana. Oh, Kana is super in the right with everything she's mad about. No, um, but I'm like Team Kana. Like I want, I'm I'm on that ship. I absolutely want more Kana there. I I'm just, on the Kana ship. Kana strange. I don't <laughs> disagree. I just like Clea so much. <laughs> and I've read other. I mean, one of the ones we read, I think, shows that they're a pretty good match for each other. But him and Kana were super great together, and she was way better at calling Steven out on his. One thing I like about Clea over Kana, if we're if we're gonna go into ship, sure, let's go into ship. Actually, uh, is Clea actually has the power level to not just call Strange on his, but to like hold him to it. Kana's good. Kana's a great sorceress. She absolutely deserves her own comic of the adventures of Kana, space sorceress Indiana Jones. Is she a sorceress, or is there a difference between? Being a sorceress or a technomancer, or are they basically the same? Um, I went with sorceress because just it's a kind of sorcerer, sorceress is kind of a catch all term for magic user. Mm. Technomancer. She's more specifically a technomancer. Yes. It would be like a, at least, it would be like how a pyromancer is still a wizard. They're just a fire based wizard. But like a doc, you can call everyone a doctor, but like there's like surgeons. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That's actually a much more straightforward down to life thing than pyromancer. Thinking of Kana and thinking of that early one, I don't like that they used an Infinity Gem here. Yeah, where did that go? Or stone, I guess. Uh, they're the Infinity... I'm going to keep using the term gem. They've been cha- That's been changed to stone ever since the movies came out. And there's nothing wrong with that. I just... I, I had been reading Thanos comics for years, so I go straight to gem instead. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they are the same thing. 
The Infinity Gems are used a lot ever since the movies came out and started using them because it is something that new readers are more likely to understand because a lot of people may have started with the movies and are moving into comic books. Which is a fair assumption. I think they're overused because the more you use them, the less powerful they are. And then you know, like, it's never going to work because they haven't worked yeah, in the past. Yeah, an item like the Infinity Gem should be used about once a decade in comics. Mm. Enough that you're like, hey, they're here, they're still super cool, because they're pretty cool. But it keeps it from being, whatever, it's the Infinity Gems. They mm. should be a thing when they show up. And uh, for me, at least by this point, they stop feeling so much like a thing here. Mm-hmm. Especially immediately after doing a uh, big Infinity Gem-involved crossover like two years before in this. Mm. Um, where does it go? The Infinity Gems aren't necessarily conscious. They're not, like, alive or, like, aware. But they're not dead. <laughs> but they're not not at the same time. They're cosmic the same way of magic, same way of the Cloak of Levitation is sort of alive, sort of not. Infinity Gem would be the same thing. Mm. Where it goes, wherever it's needed for the next storyline that is going to show up. Because he put it in that fancy box, and then we don't see the fancy box ever again. Actually, when did this... This came out in 2018. It, it he, might show up in the crossover I was talking about. This might have started before that crossover. I'm not 100% sure. Stephen Strange does have the time gem later. And I've spent this entire time thinking, like, you just had this, Steve. Why is this such a big deal to you? But it might be where he gets it here. Mm-hmm. I would have to check things that I'm just not going to check right now. Sorry, guys. No, no, that's fair. <laughs> also, that's fair. speaking of magical items and his amulet, anyone can use that, even if you're not in any way practiced in using it. So, like, that that random lady whose kid is... She's letting a stranger who showed up with a cape open her kid's skull, first of all. But... Uh, she just went through a major, pretty major car accident... She probably has some head trauma right now, and she also is minimum in absolute shock. And a superhero showed up and was like, I'm going to save your kid now. Do what that person says. She also watches his hands explode and then regrow. (laughs) Look, she's having a bad day. I'm not arguing that. (laughs) But, like, she just, she takes the amulet, which I assume she's only able to do it because he's given her the permission to. I kind of got the feeling that, like, he activated it and kind of sent it, being like, go help because she or, picks it up and then points it, and yes. he says, "Make she." He tells her to make him feel empathy, but he but he also says he can't spare any more concentration, or he'll kill the kid. So I took that as she's physically using it, so you don't have to have training to use the eye. That's how powerful it is. Yeah, pretty much the it uh, the main power of the eye of Agamotto is relatively similar to Wonder Woman's lasso of truth. Of it is the power to see. The truth. Mm-hmm. You can do a ton of things with that. Mm-hmm. On top of all the other powers that the Eye of Agamotto has. I mean, it breaks spells. It does all sorts of things. So I got the sense he activated it, went, go over to her. I'm going to focus here. But it was drawing on her power to do the things from that. Place. Like her emotions and pain. Yes. Mm-hmm. He flipped on the flashlight and was just like, hold this kid. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> You're the battery, but hold it. Uh, I like that use of a powerful artifact more than Hitler's handgun, for sure. You are not going to let that one go, are no, you? No, I'm very disappointed with Hitler's handgun. <laughs> it's Hitler's... Like the alliteration? I don't know. 
I like I like the idea of like because that's the whole thing with like history. Like they were into the occult, right? So obviously there's going to be strong evil occult items from that. But there was no stakes. Like he just shot a giant alien demon in the eye, and then destroyed the gun, and then it's over. But that that was last week. <laughs> <laughs> I will. It was the literal Chekhov's gun mm-hmm. because when it showed up. Although we knew that it had been fired, we hadn't actually seen it happen. Mm. Stephen came in already wounded. Mm. So you introduced a loaded weapon early in the story, so it has to fire at some point. Yep. It was the literal Chekhov's It's gun. a very Brian K. Vaughn move to, to, like, let's just use Chekhov's handgun in this. But, you know, oh, Hitler. Speaking of wounding Strange, why didn't that spear automatically kill Strange? I was. It destroys, like, it... Remind me which spear we're talking about. Uh, the one that Son of Satan was mugged for by his pupil? Casey. Casey. Because uh, it, it cuts through spells, and it he references it nicked his father at some point. His father is Satan. It's going to hurt Satan a lot more. It's going to hurt Damien Hellstrom's Son of Satan also a lot more, because he has the dark soul in him. He is half a creature of magic, more than Stephen Strange is. Strange has a bunch of magic. Mm. Hellstrom is a bunch of magic. Okay. That, like, use like use the power versus am the power, as we talked about, is a pretty significant thing. Because he's so, not technically made of magic yet. He just has those qualities. The more magic you are, the more anti-magic things hurt you. Got it. Which makes sense. For mm-hmm. Steven, it's a little more than just being stabbed by a spear, but by this point, he's probably been... I, I can't confirm this. But I'm going to guess that Steven's been stabbed by a bunch of spears by this point in his life. And shot. Also, that black and white getup? Mm-hmm. Plot armor. Yeah? <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't know where that came from. It was just in the first his first issue, he was talking to his dog. And then instead of when he materializes his clothes, instead of it being the stuff he was wearing in the oath, it was just this new stuff. And I was unsure what, where that came really from. Really, it was an updated costume. They wanted him to look a little more... Current? Almost a little more sci-fi as they launched him into space. They they were pretty careful on finding that balance. Okay, it worked um, pretty well whenever he would connect it with like the mystic head bubble. Mm. Yeah, I don't think it's a bad costume. I don't think it's Stephen's strongest costume. No, um, I'm honestly, a I'm a big fan of red, black, and white costumes. But I mean, it's not terrible. But I was just unsure. I don't even mind it. Like you know, summoning it when he's gonna go out to. To stuff have that like Superman in the phone booth moment, but just hanging out around the house felt weird. It's, he, it's Stephen Strange. He just does it because it makes him feel. I good. mean, yes, uh, but it's kind of. Rep- I think it's supposed to be kind of representative of like this new level of power he has. Uh-huh. Honestly, the look that Casey has when she's impersonating him, mm-hmm. put on the like red uh, cloak of levitation. And that is the perfect Stephen Strange costume. I kind of like the clo- the uh, cape she was wearing. I kind of like, like that more than the way the cloak looks. There are two cloaks of levitation. That was the one he originally wore before he was gifted the red one. Okay. I like the red one because it just... It's imperial. He doesn't feel like Doctor Strange to me when he doesn't have the whole thing, big collar and all. Mm-hmm. Just personal preference on that one. Totally fair. But that blue one looks friggin' sweet. It's pretty cool. Um, I think part of the reason that I don't like it as much is because I associate, like, he's put on the red cloak. He is the Sorcerer Supreme mm. now. Like, that, that, they go very hand-in-hand on me. So even though 
the the blue cloak looks more like traditional magic stuff. It makes him feel less powerful to me, hmm. just because of like how my brain associates these things. Yeah, when I saw the the looks sweet though. It does. When I saw the alternate version when he was fighting the imposter, he definitely felt more like Ragabondy. Like he had like the shoveled shirt, cool cape, and like a sword. Mm-hmm. Um, and Strange looks more like Sorcerer Supreme should, like buttoned up, giant Dracula cape. He just showed up at like a new level of power for Strange. So it mm. makes sense that he would look way different than somewhat beaten up Strange, which is what Strange looked like when he left. Yes. Um, but like I feel. I don't know. I just feel like that other character would have been more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it sounds like you need to read the Donny Cage Strange Run, and uh, you're basically confirming what uh, Mephisto episode we're gonna do. So sweet, yay. sweet. I'm glad I could help. Part of me is like, I should do the one where uh, Mephisto steals Peter Parker's marriage. I'm like, I'm never reading that comic again. Mm. Oh, we talked about that. Bad. Bad. It struck the similar chords of Mephisto stealing the memories. It's like one of Mephisto's favorite power moves. I'm of, getting that feeling. You know, oh, I won't sell my soul because that's that's a big ask. Or like, oh, I won't murder people. He knows he can't get superheroes to do that. But make emotionally stupid choices because you have way too much adrenaline running through you at this moment uh, mm. where you're trying to save the world. Mephisto's real good at manipulating those things. Yeah. Because then it's a personal sacrifice. Completely ignoring the consent of the character that's also losing things. I just like to imagine he has like a, a shelf at home. Like we have like our little figurines. It's just crystals of different like fiancés he's stolen from or wives he's stolen from people. He's like, yeah, I like that one. Mephisto <laughs> shows up in Spider-Man every once in a while. Spider-Man's like... Why do I feel like I should remember something with you? And he's like, oh, you know. <laughs> ah. Later, Pete. <laughs> like, I have you're like, Dude. <laughs> That's great. That's great. What are we getting ourselves into next time? Next time, we are going to dive specifically into the Dark Dimension, which means Dormammu, the like all-time Doctor Strange villain, Clea, Umar, the Faltine, a lot of the people that like took over the world in a bits of this, we're going to dive deeper. We will be reading Roger Stern, Doctor Strange run. I don't have the specific issue numbers on me, but it is collected in a book called Into the Dark Dimension. And it is the second to last storyline of the Doctor Strange of Roger Stern's Doctor Strange run in the 80s. So it ends at like 74. We can put the specific numbers in the show notes of this episode. Uh, I do not have that book in front of me. I have many other notes on other things. Um, Luckily, these characters will appear less often. I'm not going to promise less notes because I'm quickly realizing this is a notes-heavy podcast. But hopefully we'll be able to dive in a little deeper specifically into Dormammu and why he's interesting beyond just his head is on fire. Also, he has a low bar for me right now because I saw him be crushed by Galactus. I saw him just get backhanded by an old man. Uh, yeah. Dormammu is one of those characters, as we mentioned, there's like the different hierarchies. Galactus, that level, much higher than him. Mm-hmm. Dormammu is probably at a higher level than Thor, though. Like, he is... So, against a normal human, oh, man, that's a bad day. Mm-hmm. Like, Well, any of these guys against a normal human, the normal human's gonna die. Yeah, but even, like, Cap... Cap might be able to, like, Captain America might be able to trick Dormammu. He's never, 
never in his life going to beat him in anything resembling a fight. No. Strange can't do that most times. He has to manipulate him to win more than anything else. Yeah, he's so, like, he just doesn't care. Like, there's, what was that? When he came into Earth with, like, those three copies, Strange, like, this had so much disdain, like, here we go again. Like, let's get this done. <laughs> He's beat up Dormammu a lot of times at this point. Which is why I have And a also, more. Strange is a raging egotist. That's we true as well. You notice, he's like, here we go again, and then things immediately go really badly for him. Which is fair. <laughs> also, he's an exile from his race, correct? We will talk about that next week. Got it. <laughs> on the Dormammu episode. <laughs> Two That's weeks. Fair. We will talk about that next time. I have to stop doing that. <laughs> So, also his sister. Next time, next time. But they weren't working together. In oh, this almost issue. never. Yeah, okay. Because he made it sound like in that, the I forget which issue it was, when they were fighting on Earth, like they are a team of evil. But when she's helping Strange in the Dark Realm. You notice how Dormammu betrays people almost as much as Mephisto does in this? But it confused me because that's her title. She's supposed to be like the ultimate liar. But she never did anything but died. Yeah, what are you going to do when you fight Galactus? Who are you to throw stones here, young man? I know. <laughs> it just confused me because he ended up he ended up being more of a trickster than she did. But, like, the whole time, like... Well, like, she's smarter than him. I assume so. <laughs> Smart versus Wily. <laughs> he was trying to get something done even though... Even if he would have... I don't know what he actually uh, Matt was hoping to accomplish with Galactus, like... <laughs> On the run. I mean, I know what he was trying to accomplish because they spell it out, but let's be honest, also, Galactus is <laughs> way above him. <laughs> At all realms. Yeah. Clea, on the other hand, was like, I'm just going to go listen to him because it's the only chance we got. Then mm-hmm. we're going to hit him with a giant mace. <laughs> sure, dude. That was the difference, was like, he didn't know when to just fall in line because mm. Galactus. <laughs> that was, I like that, that was very satisfying to watch and just get crushed like that. <laughs> I am no servant. <laughs> As we will see next time, Mephisto is always the reason Mephisto loses. Not Mephisto. Yep. Dormammu. Dormammu. Is always the reason Dormammu loses. It's also true of Mephisto. I'm not actually wrong in my sentence there. Um, Umar is not always the reason Umar loses. Sometimes it's Doctor Strange is the reason that Umar that's fair. Doctor Strange is the reason Doctor Strange has problems. Oh, yeah. See, these sentences are easy to create in this universe. <laughs> Welcome to the world of Marvel Comics. Everyone's like, it's like the real world. I'm like, no. No. No, it's not. It's like a soap opera. Which is why but, I like reading it. Which is why I love it. Mm-hmm. But the basic rule of the Marvel Universe, everything is the character's own fault. Always. Sometimes huh? it's Tony Stark's fault. Also, especially in the movies, we'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> How do he keep those straws from falling over with olives? Like, I know it's supposed to be an engine, but like, he's supposed to be living in the world of science and physics, and that did not look physically possible to me. Comic book physics. <laughs> also, raging alcoholic. I wish he was more like that on the TV <laughs> and the movies and stuff, because that would be way more fun. <laughs> yeah, we don't ever really get. Anyone's drinking spree. May, uh, surprise, surprise, Disney doesn't want to deal with alcoholism in their blockbuster movies. Like in the first Iron Man movie, he like he drank a lot. But like I would have loved to see him just like He actually drinks a ton in the second one and they just that's as close as they get. 
Robert Downey Jr. wanted to do a Demon in a Bottle adaptation. And I am assuming Disney was like, no. You crazy? No, we're not doing that. <laughs> but I would have. I would And Fav's over in the corner like, this is why I cast him, though. <laughs> he used to wake up on people's lawns. Do people not remember this? He's not acting. He's reliving his past. <laughs> oh, great. That's drama. But that's a different episode, I feel like. <laughs> but I like I liked his character for like the two pages he was in. That Iron Man character was really cool. Mm. I enjoy the Tony Stark Doctor Strange dynamic because they're basically the same person but magic versus science mm. to the point that they look remarkably similar to and each act other. the same too. Awesome beard bros. No one else really gets to call out the other person like those two do. Mm-hmm. The uh, what was the line of like no offense but no one in the world knows more about pulling yourself up from your own mistakes than Tony Stark. Yeah, he's <laughs> fallen from grace the most. Show <laughs> is the expert. It was what he said. That's, That's why he went to him. <laughs> also a d- yes. Anyway, <laughs> every member of the Illuminati, the Illuminati entirely fell apart because every member was the one that was like. I will make this choice for humanity because no one else can. Like in real life. And all of them are like, no, a lot of people could have had input on this, Tony. <laughs> Steve. Charles. <laughs> Blackagar <Strange>. Boltagon. <laughs> <laughs> who is that guy who just screamed at Galactus? Blackagar Boltagon. Okay, there. <laughs> that's why it sounds familiar. That is the inhuman Black Bolt, whose power is his voice destroys things to an insane level. I mean, they're not kidding when they said in the line, a whisper can level forests. I wanted to draw the parallel between him and uh, Dragonborn, but I feel like that would make people angry if I did so. Foos! <laughs> Basically. If he foos Rodad, we wouldn't be living in universe. Yeah, he... Yeah. <laughs> also... He also kind of falls for the Superman po- problem, where uh, you beat up Black Bolt to prove how scary things are. Mm. Yeah. I mean, he physically gets crushed like Dormammu. He did say die in a whisper once and blew up a city. That's metal. Also, Blackagar Boltagon. Also an awesome I name. I will stand by that name until my dying day. That's a sorcerer's name, for sure. <laughs> Not magic, though. Not no. magic. Cosmic. It's so cool. Gotta do a season two of Cosmic. Um, and that, I also, I'm just bringing up random things I liked from all the series. He sutured together uh, reality. From that ancient one, which I found to be an interesting concept before he lost his magic abilities a few pages later. Yeah. This also, we see some of the fasten rules just because he mentioned dentist, not dentist, uh, uh, surgical equipment. Mm. In the oath, they say that he can't create surgical equipment with magic. And he does. And he immediately does here. Multiple times. Because fasten loose with the rules. Mm -hmm. As I'm sure we'll discover more next week. I think that's the only thing that frustrates me is this. I should have taken to heart when I warned you. <laughs> what's his name? Who shot strange in the oath? Brigand. That, Brigand. When he mentioned there are, you can't break magic because there's no rules to break. I should have taken that to heart as foreshadowing for how this magic is supposed to be. <laughs> podcast you signed up for. Yep. Uh, and I think going forward, that's just going to be the ground rule is there's no rules to break. So just enjoy it. So, that that quote from Pirates of the Caribbean of we think of them more as guidelines. Than actual rules. Yep, that's kind of how it goes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There are a lot of guidelines. And then it backfires when you ignore them. But you can usually find a way to work around it if you talk fast enough. And if 
you just repeat that magic as a cost, even though most of the time it doesn't. But not for him. Other <laughs> characters show it better. <laughs> yeah. There is one. I didn't mention it here, but there is one storyline where it turns out Strange wasn't fully aware of this, that people were taking the cost on on themselves for what Strange was up to. Holy crap. They were people who volunteered for this and were paying Strange's cost. That would have been amazing to see. The Jason Aaron Doctor Strange run is supposed to be a trip, man. I'm not a huge fan of it myself. I've only read bits of it. Mm. But it's... Chris Boccolo and Jason Aaron, they're great creators, so it's probably pretty good. Just a suicide cult to pay Strange's debt is an interesting concept. Strange was about. not happy about it when he found out. I mean, I, would you be if you figured out there was people... Just... You're like, I did what to Bob? <laughs> <laughs> but like that concept alone, I think, again, would have been an amazing novel. <laughs> I don't care what you guys say. I'm standing by the comic book. It's a medium man every time. <laughs> oh, I like it. I love the art's amazing. It has, when the action starts in comics, it really flows so well uh, in a way that novels can't, honestly, because you have you have the motion from the art along with, you can put words anywhere on that. Frame. Well, and one of the things I like about comic books is you can do this big, long action scene and only show seconds of it mm. in the panel. But especially if you think about it again later, your brain kind of assembles the whole what thing. happened in between. Exactly. Like, we know uh, it, it's not the best done in this, but as an example, that fight with all the heroes against Galactus, we just see snippets of it, but we know it's this big, huge fight. And, you know, if you think about it, you can just imagine these characters getting killed. Just pasted. Yeah. Like, just paste it. Like, what, the, maybe five or six pages in total or something like that? There was the fight, and it felt like I read chapters when I was done. Because, I like, in my mind, I was imagining all that stuff happening just from the snippets you get from each frame. Um, and sometimes you dive in, like uh, big event comics. That, that could have been done as a big, large-scale event comic. Mm. But they also could do it in five pages of Doctor Strange. Good or bad. But... Yeah. Pros and cons to each. But uh, I can't say if I like comics or novels more at this point anymore. Oh, most people like novels. It's the rational answer. Well, I, I grew up on novels, but comics are really cool. <laughs> <laughs> For me, it I, depends on the character. It 100%. I will never argue against any medium, really. I just, let's be honest. <laughs> comics is like my first go-to. <laughs> That's fair. I'm not sure how to end this podcast. So. <laughs> Goodbye. Uh, thanks. <laughs> Join us next week for Dormammu. Dormammu. And, uh, what was that run one more time? Huh? What was that run one more time? Uh, Into the Dark Dimension by Roger Stern from the 1980s Doctor Strange run. We'll have more info later. We'll talk to you later. Or we'll have more info in the show notes. That way they, we'll that way they know. It. That way they know. We'll get there. But do we, do we have a? We don't. We have don't. We off. don't. We're. This is episode two, guys. We apologize. Uh, this I'm is Professor Z and T reporting. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of New Byland. If you like the show, please hit subscribe. Also, if you could rate and review us, however you're listening to us right now, that would also be super helpful. As always, we are part of the Earworm Podcast Network and would greatly appreciate it if you could go check out all of our sister shows over at earworm.com. That's E-A-R-V-V-Y-R-M dot com. A big special thanks to Ian Ford for our theme song and music. We'll catch you next time.